We are taking a look at our favorite running back prospects in the 2023 draft class. As always, I'm Alfredo Brown. I'm joined by Vignesh Doraswamy and new guest of the show, Kevin Coleman from the Football Guys College Football Show. If you have not watched it or listened to it or whatever kind of audience member you are, go check it out. You can find it anywhere you get your podcast or on YouTube, the Football Guys College Football Show. And well, you got to check out their awesome free, totally free rookie guide with scouting reports on 130 prospects. Kevin and the guys, they just did a phenomenal job. Like seriously, I've been using it as my resource as well. Uh, even me, like I've, I've have experience with it i still love this guide it's got a lot of details in there these guys put a lot of work into it the link will be in the show description whether you're listening to the audio or you're watching on youtube so go check it out gentlemen let's talk about the 2023 nfl running back prospects and we're gonna start with our favorite prospects not named b john robinson <laughs> all right so kev your favorite running back prospect to talk about here not named b john yeah, uh, so I appreciate you guys having me on. I wanted to give Vig the easy one because it seems like he needed that layup. So I went a little bit off the board. Like, so I I, I went Tank Bigsby. And I think part of this, um, the Auburn running back, the junior, I think part of me for Tank is like, I think he's getting really severely undervalued right now. So like in a lot of mocks that I've been doing, he's going in the second round. And like, I don't think there's a consensus running back three of this class yet. Like, I don't think that there might, there might not be a consensus running back three of this class. Like you pretty much have gives it to Bijan at one and then everybody kind of has their favorite. And like, for me, he's not my three, but he, he does some things pretty well, like in terms of himself as a runner. Um, and I think that overall, like he might not like flash at anything. Like I think at the combine, he's not going to be like, oh my God, his 40. Like there's not going to be like those big athletic testing numbers, but just overall, he's a very solid back. Like, and when you get into like what he can do and what he does well, like you have to like what he does. And I think he's going to get a good draft capital from what we've seen and from what, what we've heard. He did very well. Like in doing college football, I kind of have like an understanding of kind of what he's played in. And he played in three different schemes almost basically. And with three different quarterbacks and he did not necessarily have the best offensive schemes, the best system around him. And he was still able to produce and production wise he's one of the best production wise in this against the sec teams at auburn and like when you like i love what i see from him like he's just a solid back yeah and he's also he's got like the coolest name of the running back class too and yeah. it's like and it actually fits it's not like tank dell who's like five foot six not 145 a- pounds like this guy's actually a tank yeah so, Ke- kevin you, you you brought up a bunch of things about tank biz big Biz bigsby Ooh, that's fun to say and like from my eval and it kind of sounds like from yours too is Tank is kind of good at everything, but not necessarily elite at anything, yeah. right? And like you kind of mentioned, like the combine could be big for him, and let's see what he tests at. He might not blow people away, but give me the elevator pitch, man. Like, what is that one thing that he does that could help him break into a, a big time role in the NFL? So I think it really just stands with his uh, force tackles, like, and his ability to kind of have creativity, like contact balance in, in between the tackles. So you're talking about line of scrimmage explosion to like lateral bursts. Like, I think he does those things considerably well, like in the player that we comped him to in the football guys uh, guide is Josh Jacobs. And I think it fits really well because he's not really a pass catcher. So when you're looking at like his ability there, he's not going to have that PPR upside, but he can score touchdowns. He had 20 the last two years. And a lot of that came from his force tackle ability and, his and his contact balance and and his kind of a, he has quick feet so like when you watch him play he can find holes pretty well and he and he, and he just bursts through and he and he just he does those things you're like oh damn tank just had another six yard run oh he had another eight yard run oh he had a 12 yard run and there's nothing like super flashy but he's just consistent and i think consistent production sometimes fantasy managers we get too um, like Gibbs is going to have those big plays and then he'll have like two or three kind of smaller plays. Like Bigsby's that guy. It's like that paper cut. He just keeps cutting you, cutting you, cutting you. And then he scores. And then you look at it. You're like, oh, well, like Josh Jacobs running back one this week. What the hell? And then that, I think tank 
if he hits that ceiling, that's what we could see from him. Tank Bigsby, new nickname, the paper cut. I dig it. <laughs> Vig, you came out with another running back, and apparently to Kevin, he gave you the layup, man. He threw you he the did. softball here. <laughs> so who is your favorite running back here in this draft? Not necessarily your best running back or the best running back, but your favorite in this class. Yeah, of the guys not named Bijan Robinson, it, I, I picked him here, Gibbs. And thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. For those who don't know, I'm always the last to start putting things into the show sheet. It's always after some excuse I come up with, usually related to something about work. Uh, and so I always have like the toughest to pick or, you know, all the easy layups are gone. So Kev, I appreciate it. Yes. I picked Jameer Gibbs. And as, as Kev alluded to earlier, seems to be pretty much everyone's consensus. Number two, some people are sort of audacious enough to call him the one B to Bijan's one. A. And I don't know if it's that close necessarily, but honestly, Jameer Gibbs is just very, very, very good at what he does. I think there is some concern in general about his ability to be a, a three three down back his physicality is I mean his pass protection has given me you know some room some pause I think about it and I'm like can I consistently rely on him to be on the field we know volume is king but what he oh, does oh, really well, really we, well, we know we know that he's not going to be used as the pass protection guy like if he's out there no he's no he's probably going to be one of the top two targets on that field right no no absolutely and that's the problem though right so if he's on the field we know that they're probably not using him as the pass protection guy which means there are going to be times when he's just not going to be on the field at all. And what does that translate to for those of us who are playing a game about a game in fantasy football? You know, I don't know, but he receives the ball really, really well. I think in my notes, I wrote out there that, you know, I went back to watch a lot of other guys coming out of college, see how good they can receive the ball. Kev, you watch a lot more college football than I do. So you can even tell me, but he might be one of the best receiving you know, running backs that I have seen in forever. I jokingly wrote in a decade, but then I thought about it. And maybe in a, in a decade, he might be one of the best receiving running backs I've, I've I've truly seen. I mean, the guy can truly do anything that a wide receiver can do. He has some better route trees than some wide receivers. He's able to create separation better than wide receivers. If he gets the ball and no one is near him, he's an absolute nightmare to cover in the open field. Um, and I know what you're going to say, right? You're going to talk about what about his his rushing ability, Vig? We're talking about running backs. Is that your question, Alfredo? I feel like you got a question for me. First of all, I, I don't appreciate the voice you gave me. Like you made me this very <laughs> staunch, like angry old, like man yells at cloud. Like we're talking about running backs. Can he run? Like, dude, Vic. Okay, so yeah, sure, fine. Let's ask the question. All right. This is what you like, do to me, though. This is what you but, always do. <laughs> no, but I, I want to pose this question no, no, because sure. we always pride ourselves on being kind of like the the, the teaching podcast. You know, where we're the show where we're we're trying to help people learn more about these prospects and learn more about their own process, right? And so you see someone like Jameer Gibbs and say, "Hey, he's never been a thousand yard rusher, right?" And like that's always been the big threshold for running backs and. He's never been a thousand yard rusher, even at Alabama. And so it's not necessarily a horrible future for him in the NFL, but is there a possibility that he kind of just gets like restricted to this receiving only type role, like a DeAndre Swift, a guy who had less than a hundred carries last year and was still pretty good in terms of fantasy production. So is that something that you're worried about or do you just kind of embrace that if you're the Jameer Gibbs manager? No, I do. And th honestly, that I think will be the biggest knock on him. People will constantly bring up the fact that he has never hit a thousand yards, but like he, he, he was 940, right? I don't have the exact numbers. I think he had a nine, 940 yards rushing 450, almost 500 yards receiving. So it gets you like 1300, 1400 yards, which for fantasy is fantastic. But at Alabama, I think a lot of it was just the volume and the way he was used. He had 6.2 yards per carry in his senior year. Everybody loves talking about Bijan Robinson. I'm not trying to like say that Gibbs is anywhere near as good as Bijan is, but how many yards per carry do you think Bijan Robinson had more or less than that 
You, oh, you're asking us? I don't. Yeah, Kev, you, you, Kev, you answer first. I'm not going to go out and get embarrassed <laughs> first here. Uh, Bijan had around six, I thought. Yeah, yeah, you're it's 6.1. And obviously the way yeah. I asked the question, you can tell. So it's not that Gibbs can't do it. And I would argue that Gibbs did this in a, in a tough SEC defense, right? He played a lot of tough squads and did a lot of great work. So I think he can do it and he's shown us he can do it. Um, so am I a little concerned that he never had a thousand yards, maybe a little bit, but he was pretty darn close. And I think a lot of that just came to volume. So at the end of the day, this is all great talk. It really depends on where he ends up and what sort of scheme they're going to use him in, in the NFL. I think he can fit any scheme. He's shown us a lot of versatility, whether it was with Alabama or Georgia tech. But, um, I think overall, I think the, you know, there's a reason why he's the consensus number two. And thank you again, Kev, for giving me for once the easy answer. Vic, you you know what you bring up something that's kind of important though too is like the context of of these numbers that we're looking at, right? Is that yeah? So what if Jameer Gibbs wasn't this thousand yard rusher? Uh, you kind of have to look at the context of this offense where it's if you cut if you look at Alabama, you could make a realistic case that he was the best receiver on the team for many of those games where he was heading out there. And th the way that the offense was built was for him to kind of be that satellite back being always in motion, getting out into the slot, going out wide. Like he was not your traditional running back. And, and I think you're right. Like, I think you do have to kind of embrace that. And I think it only just adds to his versatility going into the NFL. Now, I'm going to give you my favorite running back in this class. And it feels like nowadays he is everybody's favorite running back. So like, I feel like the old guy that's like, I liked this band before everyone else did. And I had the shirt. I really, really love Ty J Spears, the running back out of Tulane. He's my running back four in this class. And man, what I saw in film is I, I do believe he is in that same tier as Bijan and, and Jameer Gibbs in terms of lateral movement. Okay. He may not be same level of athlete and, and size and all that stuff when it comes to like Bijan and some of the bigger guys, but man, he, his lateral movement, his lateral ability just makes it so easy for him to create new running lanes uh, and force missed tackles in tight spaces. You see it, you know, the, one of those like old school phrases, like make a guy miss in the phone booth. Like that's what Tajay Spears does. And you kind of, you worry about those guys that are so kind of jitter buggy, like that they're not going to have that patience and, and utilize their proper vision and follow their blocks. But he does. And he takes a little bit more than what's given to him. He's very explosive, a uh, great ability to stop and start pretty easily. I think that he's, probably top of this class in terms of cutting ability right up there with Jameer Gibbs. And the one thing that I look for in all of my prospects, whether it's a wide receiver, uh, tight end, running back, anyone is, are they spatially aware? Can they look at the field like a chessboard? Do they realize where they are, what their role is, the defenders around them? Can they make the catch, make the run, get the yak afterwards, all that stuff. And uh, I love how spatially aware he was as a runner and receiver is really no issue with his hands. I don't think he necessarily had all the production that you want to see out of a guy that can catch the ball, but he showed that he really has no problem with that when he went to the senior bowl. Now the numbers, cause we do like to mix a little bit of like the film with the analytics instead of, you know, making him fight. He was second in the nation in yards after contact per attempt. Not what you'd expect from a guy who was probably playing at sub 200 pounds. And now he weighed in at 205 at the senior bowl. And then amongst this class, you know, you, you start to look at some of these numbers and he's fourth in the elusive rating. Uh, one of the better running backs in terms of missed tackles forced, fifth and breakaway run rate. Uh, very similar to Kenneth Walker last year in that aspect and sixth in yards per route run in the class, meaning that he was running real routes. He's not just doing swing routes and, you know, getting little quick screens. Like he was actually getting downfield and getting some, uh, some nuance to what he was doing in the receiving game. So this is a player. He didn't just do it in one year. He was averaging nearly seven yards per carry throughout his career. He was on pace to break out as a true sophomore until he tore his ACL in 2020. And this is super random fact, but as I was looking at his height and weight and all that stuff, is he's got monster hands. 
compared to a lot of the other skill guys. He's got 10 inch hands. This was like, I think third biggest at the senior bowl. He had the biggest hands amongst all the running backs. So it's like for, for those people who were like, were super into hand size last year with Kenny Pickett, like Taiji Spears got monster hands and likely won't have any fumbling issues. So uh, one of the things that I, hate to do but i know people love it and it's the player comp and i comped him oh and kev you're gonna either love this or hate this as a cowboys fan i comped him to tony pollard uh similar in size i, I could see a very similar role for him in his first season part of a committee uh easily take over as a starter if necessary and he'll have a role in the passing game because of how dynamic he is in space kev i need to get your seal of approval do you love it do you hate it or are you lukewarm on it no that's you can fine. be honest no, it's no, fine. It's we comp we we comped him to James Cook, so kind of similar like play okay. style, like like James Cook ceiling, like what we thought. Maybe if he didn't go to the Bills, like no, I I don't I hate that. I actually like that you brought up the point. He's a true receiver. Like they use him in a lot of different. If you watch all twenty two and you go through the tape, like I have I've done and you have probably done too. Like they use him all over the field. It's not like those. It's not dumps. It's not like you know just quick outs to him. Like they literally legitimately use him as a receiver. So that is something to kind of know. Yeah, and I think that, like we talked about, that context becomes so important. And I think like the one of the last pieces of the equation that we always talk about with these players is their draft capital. I think he's going to be a day two pick, um, probably round three. Uh, Kev, where do you think that he could end up in this draft class? Yeah, so you kind of hit on the head in round three. So looking at like mock draft database and everything there, it's kind of where he's going. So I've seen the Panthers, um, depending maybe how team build is there. And I saw that, you know, the interesting one for me was the Giants. Because what if they pair him with Saquon, or if they bring Saquon back, and then but that kind of would that would hurt your feelings because like you're then you're going to look at limited usage and volume <laughs> there. But I do think like Pollard, like you're going to find him find probably a spot where he's going to be that one to one two guy, like hey that kind of committee ish. But if he does have that pass catching upside and they kind of give him the volume, you could have like a hopefully a quicker fantasy projection than Pollard was, right? Like we had to wait too long, but that's just because the Cowboys are dumb. As a Cowboys fan, I could say that. Like you're probably going to get a little earlier. So yeah, no, I think like I saw the Giants. I saw the Panthers. I even I even saw like the Bears. And so like those are things that you're looking at maybe in that third round that you, you'd be interested in. All right, so let's review this here. Our favorite running backs, not named B. John Robinson. Kevin, you talked about Tank Bigsby, the running back out of Auburn. Vig, you talked about Jameer Gibbs, running back out of Alabama. And then I brought up Tajay Spears, running back out of Tulane. He is my RB4. Gentlemen, let's move on to our sleeper running backs here. Kevin, start us off. Who is your sleeper running back? Yeah, so, you know, um, when you're looking at just like, sleeper is such a hard word because everybody has really a sleeper. Is. And like everybody's out there, I think based on value and where he's going right now and just overall, it's Eric Gray from Oklahoma. Like I'm a big fan of Eric. And I think that as just a sooner and what he's been able to do there now, people forget that Eric was actually, it's funny, you know, he was running back three last year consensus. Like he was running back three and then he had 412 yards and was not good. And then everybody kind of fell off Eric Gray. And now he's kind of back. He had 1,300 yards this last year, 11 touchdowns, um, good burst. And he's got three down ability. So if you're looking for like a sleeper, so if we put sleepers in quotes or however you want to do that, like as, as someone who has like a sleeper here, Eric Gray can be that kid because he has the three down ability. Like he could step in and go. Like uh, when you're looking at just his, you know, his ability to get extra yardage, um, his outstanding burst, he's got good long speed too. Like, and he worked on his vision. Like I would say the reason why his junior year he struggled so much is that he was not seeing holes he was not doing good within that new offense um but then he came back and he did it like looking at eric and what he's been able to do in terms of his three down ability his long speed like little things like that and and he could be a three down guy i love it we comped him to aaron jones 
So if you're thinking like, you know, play style, stuff like that, like he, he has a lot of similarities to him. Inside zone concepts would be where he'd be at, churning extra yardage, those type of things. And so I really think Eric Gray is being kind of slept on a little bit. Yeah, I, I like that. And, you know, okay, I, I know I get the, a little bit of flack for the sleeper, but you know what? It, it, search engine optimization, man. We got to be found so that people can hear <laughs> hear the gems that we're giving them. Okay, sleeper, one of the best words in all of fantasy football and in the NFL draft. So uh, Eric Gray is your pick there. And, you know, he's a guy that we didn't really, I mean, you mentioned he didn't really have those big numbers until later on in his career. He did transfer from Tennessee to Oklahoma. So uh, can you touch on that a little bit? Like, cause he does have a pretty complete skill set. What was, what was holding him back from really breaking out until this senior year? Like he shared a backfield with Kennedy Brooks in the previous season. So uh, what, what really allowed him to kind of blossom this year? Well, I would say last year, Kennedy kind of stepped in and they had that familiarity with that offense. And so that hurt him a little bit. And then he and he just didn't he struggled in, in Lincoln Riley's offense. And then I will say Lincoln Riley leaving, um, going to USC and him and, and a newfound offense this year and Jeff Levy's offense, who's really good offensive coordinator. And he was able to just kind of be himself. They, they used him well. The offensive line improved as well. Um, and you're just looking at like he got comfortable. Right. And sometimes these guys need to get comfortable within the system. Um, and overall, like he just was super comfortable, like just as a back and and you saw that the game slowed down for these guys. Sometimes we forget these kids are young and they can, they can improve and like, and they need that time. And, and listen, going from Tennessee Knoxville to like Oklahoma, that's definitely a different vibe too. As like a kid, like there's little things yeah. that you're, a little bit. Is yeah. I, I mean, I've never, I've never really hung out in either of Tennessee or Oklahoma all that much, but I feel like there's not too I don't, much of a difference. I'm from South no, Florida. Like, you're going like, to get our boss mad at you now. I, I would say Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma is a different, Joe. Oklahoma is a different vibe, but I, I just think like overall, like he, 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 he just improved. Like, and, and I'm not saying that he's going to be someone that's like, you know, a fantasy star, but if he can get that third round draft capital with his three down usage, I think he can definitely plug and play. Like he's a guy that, that this is why this class is so deep because he's getting third round rookie mocks right now. Like, and, and as far as sleepers goes, like if he falls the third round, I'll smash that all day. Even if he falls to the fourth round in like real draft, like I'm, I'm okay with kind of betting on him. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned something there with the draft capital, right? It kind of seems like we're all kind of flirting a little bit with the round three draft capital. And I think that like the more and more as these years go on, we're starting to see those rounds dip a little bit further where it used to be kind of round three, but I think you can almost look at round four and still be like, okay, this guy has a shot to really break in and play some as a rookie. Um, and we saw that with, with some of the players in this, this past class, like uh, Tyler Algier and Damian Pierce and, and a lot of these uh, guys, not Isaiah Spiller, uh, but I think that we're going to see that with some of these guys, they could actually go early day three and be perfectly fine. Vig, you're going to talk about a guy that like, I'm not particularly high on. Okay. But we did a show with Marco Enriquez not too long ago. And he also liked this running back and he's a guy I think that could probably go on day three. So tell me a little bit about Sean Tucker. And you know, I, I honestly agree. I like Eric Gray a lot. I also like uh, the guy you're going to talk about next. So I won't, I won't steal your thunder a lot. And no again, spoilers. it's just sort of left. Um, I think what I did here is I struggled, Kev. I, I agree. I struggled with the idea of sleeper and who is going to be someone that I would consider a sleeper. And I, I think I just gave Alfredo a bunch of different players that I rank in the lower tier of my running backs. And so we ended up deciding on Sean Tucker. And I think Marco liking him a lot helped a little bit too. Cause I went back and watched his film a bit more. Um, so I tried to come up with someone who I thought would be like a round four kind of guy, which is where I think Sean Tucker might really end up going. Um, and wanted to see who among these round four sort of running backs, uh, who has the talent to kind of take, you know, be someone who could start, who can contribute day one. And it was a little, it was 
a little bit of a challenge, but here's what I really like about this guy. We talk about running backs primarily being those guys who can run. We'll talk about his pass catching abilities a little bit later, but Sean Tucker runs well. He runs strong. He has a lot of explosive ability. Um, I love seeing his contact balance. He's just not someone who goes down easy, but even to get a hold of him sometimes to get him to go down, you got to like catch him. Right. And he had some really incredible footwork um, among these, some of these like lower tier guys that we're talking about. Uh, we talked about thousand yard rushing. This guy had a nearly 1500 yard uh, season and has had 2000 yards rushing. Obviously it was over at Syracuse, but um, he, he really has the sort of ability I think to fit as a running back in sort of any scheme, but then you start to talk about what we really like to see in fantasy players. And I mean, I just think that his passing work as a whole needs a fair amount of development. I think I described it as being like a nightmare to watch sometimes. I mean, you're not going to see him as like a, in, in pass protection. Like if he's on the field, you know, he's not really going to block. Um, and though he did catch the ball and shows us he can catch the ball. And if you look at the numbers, you'll see he was a better receiver of the football than he was in 2021. When you really watch the game, you'll see that the stats don't necessarily match up. He had lots of drops, a lot of awkward catches. I mean, you really want to see someone catch the ball comfortably. He's out there catching the ball up against his chest. Sometimes I was like, ooh, do you even catch that? Was that a little bit of luck? But I guess those are things that can be coached. Kev's talking about these are really young guys. And I think that, you know, he doesn't need that much coaching, I think to be able to add that passing game. And he already showed us that with a little bit of coaching, he's able to improve. So I think he needs the least coaching among the guys I have in like running back seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, uh, which is where I think Sean Tucker could sort of do really well. Yeah. Sean Tucker was interesting because I, he's a guy that I've been hearing about a lot. Um, and they, you, a word that you used for his receiving is that it's just kind of awkward. Um, I kind of use it for a lot of what he does. It just looks a little bit awkward. I like it's, it's not, it's not fluid, but it's also like not quite like herky jerky. Like it just, it, it looks like a, a guy who the skills never quite improved from high school through college, but he's super explosive and he's a good athlete. And he just took exactly what was given to him. Like he will meet a defender in the hole and he's not trying to cut left, cut nope, right. Or he's just right like, going. I'm going to burst right through you. And so like, despite this he's not really like he's not really seen as a pass catcher he's not really seen as like the run over you kind of guy so is his ideal role just going to be listen you're a day three pick you're a complimentary guy and you know he could eventually Khalil Herbert his way into into a running back rotation I think that's exactly what it is and I think that's the problem I think he's going to need some some more like I said coaching to be that receiving back he's going to need to really work on his his pass protection and his blocking um and I think that he currently really just slots in for me as sort of that complimentary guy who you know is going to be a waiver wire pickup in redraft leagues when his RB1 goes down uh but that's sort of what we see a lot right outside of these elite talents basically the entire NFL has moved over towards this running back by committee and Sean Tucker is not an elite talent. So you're right. I like it. I, I, I like that. He can Khalil Herbert his way into maybe being relevant, but I think again, young guy, I think he's shown us that his, his, his talent is there. His strength is there and sort of the, the stuff, I guess like the foundation you need to potentially be moderately successful. If you want hedging words <laughs> in the NFL, I think he has all Man, that. What, <laughs> what a spicy show for us. If you want guys that are going to be moderately successful. No, no, no. Welcome, so the guys welcome who have to the, the moderately entertaining to be show. moderately successful. Don't, um, don't scream at me Tucker on my own show. <laughs> don't, don't yell at me on my own show. Pig. 
All right, let's take a look at my last sleeper running back here. And it's a guy that's become very popular over the last month or so. It's Rashawn Johnson, the running back out of Texas. I've got him ranked right now as my RB7 in this class. I, I know it's a little bit higher than most. And I just I really, really loved what I saw on film. He's a just massive runner. He's six foot 225. And honestly, everyone that has seen him in person says he looks more like he's 6'2", 240. Like he looks very much like a Derrick Henry type runner when you see him in person. And, and the way he runs, he just runs angry all the time. Reminded me a bit of like how NFL scouts were falling in love with Damian Pierce and his angry running style kind of all the time. Uh, but Roshan Johnson's much bigger and uh, surprisingly nimble. Given his large size, he's got some good control over his body. He's good taking on contact. Uh, and you know, Vig, something you've mentioned with, with a couple other running backs, pass blocking, he's actually pretty good at it. And he was holding his own at the Senior Bowl. Um, he even broke his hand at the Senior Bowl and just finished practice for that day. And he's like, oh, damn, I broke my hand. And like they're like, yeah, sorry, you, you, you can't really compete in the rest of this. So, I mean, like this is a guy that he kind of does everything well. The issue has been... He's been behind one of the best running back prospects we've seen in quite some time, Bijan Robinson. So I think that this is a player that in the NFL, Rashawn Johnson, he could be getting a short yardage role. He could be getting a passing downs role. And, and the numbers kind of back some of that stuff up. And so in this draft class, Right now, Rashawn Johnson, he is fourth in yards after contact per attempt. Obviously, very difficult to bring down at his size. And he's rated as Pro Football Focus's most elusive running back in the 2023 class. I would not have suspected that, even though I loved his film. The 225-pound guy being the most elusive definitely surprised me. Uh, he averaged nearly six yards per carry in his collegiate career. And uh, like I mentioned, Damian Pierce earlier, another thing that he has in common with him, not a lot of tread on those tires. Okay, We talk about a player that has had just 392 carries over four seasons. Not a lot. You're looking at a guy less than 100 carries each year. Uh, in comparison, some other running backs from this class, like Chase Brown and uh, Mo Ibrahim, had over 300 carries in 2023 alone. So you're getting a fresh, big, uh, just manly running back in Rashawn Johnson. Uh, I, I think in the NFL, he'll, he'll likely be an early day three pick. If he goes any earlier than that, I'd be pretty surprised. Uh, I think he'll probably end up in round four. All right, now I want to see. I want to see what you guys think about this comp. Okay, I gave him Ramondre Stevenson because he's a guy that has the build to be a bell cow. He breaks tackles, yet he's surprisingly nimble for his size. Can make defenders miss, and he's also surprisingly good in the passing game. Kev, do we like do we like the player comp? Huh? Yeah, I don't really like player comps anyway. Like, I, Me I, I think I'm I, not a big fan. I think it fits fine. Like, I think if you're looking at what he, you know, what he is and what he's projected to be, like, I think that fits where that fits well. Vig, I'm making my move to be in next year's football guys draft guide. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm trying planting the seed. All right, Kev. So I do want to ask you. So like, this is something like, I kind of jokingly put this out on Twitter today. If X running back had played at Alabama, like I said, this about Ty J Spears. Had he played at Alabama and Jameer Gibbs stayed at Georgia Tech. And then, you know, obviously since it's Twitter, everyone loses their mind. So there's been a lot of, if Rashawn Johnson had played anywhere else, he'd be a top three or four running back in this class. Is that something that you think is true? Or is this just like, we, we need to stop uh, wish casting and just accept him for who he is. Like, we don't have to think about where he would, what kind of running back he would have been had he played elsewhere. 
Well, I think the problem with it is like these guys can now, right? Like they, if in the in transfer portal and this stuff, like if someone really wanted them, they would be like, "Hey, go get them!" Like, and so like that's how I look at like the college football stuff. Like, um, you know, Gibbs transferred because Alabama wanted him, right? And like then we say, okay, Roshan, like people are out there. I think that's why, like, with Big talking about Sean Tucker, that's why I've been kind of off on Tucker too a little bit, like because of his concerns he talked about. But like everybody's like, well, if he was at Syracuse, well, there's tons of guys that went every. Everywhere else last offseason, like, like you want to be wanted. Like, our Alfredo knows this, like, as, as someone who was in college football a little bit. Like, I also like know, to be wanted. Yeah, they know, like, they, they know, like, hey, this is our guy. He can make a difference. Like, if Roshan was so good, other coaches would have been like, because there's a running back issue problem at a lot of schools, like a lot of power five schools. Like, that's where I go back to, like, well, I mean, people knew of him, but they didn't think he was that big of a game changer. Like, I, so I think that some of that stuff, you know, how these narratives get shifted, they get taken weird yeah. ways. So I think that's just something to note. Like, yeah, but now they can. There's player movement now, and it's like it's like free agency now in college football. So like, he could have went somewhere, he just didn't. So why is that? I think that's where the talk needs to be. And then let's dive into it. Now, th this has been awesome. Thank you guys so much for joining me for this episode. Now, make sure you are subscribed to this channel. That way you're going to get notified of when the next episode comes out. And don't forget, go to footballguys.com slash rookie guide. Download the free rookie guide. These guys put so much work into this. It looks awesome. There's profiles on 130 rookies, like players that you don't even need to know but you can know, okay? So if you do have like one of those crazy like eight round rookie drafts because your dynasty team has 47 spots, like, dude, you got it. Like you've got every single player that you need. So thank you so much, guys. That's all for us today for myself, for Vig and for Kevin. Adios.